When the news first broke about Epstein's death, I was skeptical, shocked, but we all knew this was going to happen in some form or another. The way I ended off the first video when the breaking news happened, I said, if you went to any journalist and asked, do you think Epstein will make it to trial? They'd probably have said no, one way or another. Well, now something interesting is happening. I do have some big news updates. First, what may be the most surprising thing to me is that everybody believes Epstein was murdered. Okay, I'm being a bit hyperbolic, but I've got Paul Krugman, Nobel laureate, op-ed columnist for the New York Times tweeting, if we were living in a paranoid fantasy universe, I would be very suspicious about the Epstein suicide, even about whether it was really suicide. And you know what? The Epstein case itself shows that we are kind of living in a paranoid fantasy universe. So let me help you here. Krugman didn't come out and overtly say it was a conspiracy. He said he definitely would think it was if these criteria were fulfilled and those criteria were for, will, were fulfilled. Basically, this is Krugman essentially saying Epstein was killed. Now, here's another thing. Joe Scarborough of MSNBC tweeting, a guy who had information that would have destroyed rich and powerful men's lives ends up dead in his jail cell. How predictably Russian. Going on to say he reportedly tried to kill himself two weeks ago and is allowed to finish the job now. BS. Powerful Democratic and Republican figures breathing a huge sigh of relief, as well as a Harvard professor or two and others. Now, in this, I want to make make sure I clarify. A lot of people are saying he's accusing the Russians of doing it. No, no, no. Joe Scarborough is saying the Russians, it is like a, a trope that the Russians kill people who could upset their the order. He's not saying Russians did it. He's saying it sounds like Russian mafioso political corruption, right? At least that's my interpretation. I think the fair interpretation. But the most important thing I'm highlighting is not whether or not he thinks it's the Russians. It's that so far we have two high profile left wing aligned individuals claiming it's a conspiracy. <laughs> Check this out. Maggie Haberman of the New York Times tweeted, the Instagram reaction to Epstein's suicide from Lynn Patton, Trump appointed regional director, see caption. Lynn Patton tweeted, Hillaryed. And right now, Clinton body count is trending in the US, Clinton's, Bill Clinton, and then for some reason, Trump body count, because they're anti-Trump people who are also trying to claim he got off. Like, that Trump wanted this because Trump would be implicated. I don't care about your political leanings. What's shocking here is basically no one believing this was a suicide. Now, let me stress, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. One of the things I hate about conspiracy theories is that when you jump the gun, you make the investigation impossible because regular people will tune you out and we're done. Start from, the, from square and move forward. Now, I want to go over some of the big breaking updates. The first big update before going back into the conspiracy stuff is the FBI is investigating Epstein's death in the Manhattan jail. We also have conflicting reports now, some saying he was taken off suicide watch. I want to stress a point I made earlier on Twitter. When I was 18, I think I was 18, I got arrested for skateboarding. Skateboarding. It was a slap on the wrist. They were just being mean to me because they didn't like skateboarders. I was arrested. I was brought to a, to a jail where they took my belt and my shoelaces. And I was like, why? Why did I, I had to unlace my shoes? That was annoying because I tie my shoes in a special way for skateboarding. Uh, I actually cut them and, and, and not them. 
And then I take my belt off and I'm sitting there like, this sucks. And like an hour and a half, two hours later, they said, go home, kid. And that was basically the end of it. And they gave me back my shoelaces and my belt. When they arrested me for a slap on the wrist, kind of to annoy me, that's my interpretation. I, I was, my laces were taken away. How did this guy, Epstein, pull this off? At what point? Here's my question. I ask Occam's razor. The simple solution tends to be the correct one. But at what point is the simple solution, a powerful man who was trafficking young girls or at least accused of it, who could potentially bring down other very, very powerful men, regardless of their political affiliation, was murdered? Like, when is that the simple solution? Because I got to say, when we're seeing the left and the right, Ocasio-Cortez tweeting, we need answers now. And I'm kind of like, yep. Seems like a lot of people are upset. Now, according to a report from the Washington Post, Bill Barr is livid. They mention Attorney General William P. Barr, upon being informed of Epstein's death while in federal custody, was livid and determined to figure out exactly what happened, said a person familiar with his reaction. Epstein's lawyers did not immediately return messages seeking comment. A spokesman for the U.S. Attorney's Office in New York, which brought the new case against Epstein, declined to comment. Epstein's case has attracted widespread attention. Yeah, 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 we get all this. Okay, I've got so much to go through. I'm like, I've got, there's, well, this, this will probably be a little bit short of a video because it's a breaking story. It's ongoing. Before we move forward, though, I want to talk about conspiracies. Go to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There's a PayPal option, a crypto option, a physical address. But of course, the best thing you can do, share this video. Look, man, YouTube is going to punish and derank me for talking about this, but you've got Paul Krugman, Joe Scarborough, Cenk Uger on the left saying basically the same thing, like somebody had to have done something, and so am I, but you know YouTube won't treat me fairly. So if you like the video, please consider sharing it. But I want to highlight this post, and I want to talk about journalism, and then probably go over a few more details as to why this is... why. You know, Epstein's case was so significant and the, politi- and the politicians he, imp- he, he could have implicated and may have. Jake Hanrahan, a journalist, tweeted, took about 10 minutes for the liberal narrative to become, quote, anyone who doesn't believe Epstein simply killed himself is basically Infowars. The guy was an egomaniac who saw himself as a god and had dirt on some of the most powerful people. How is it outrageous to think he was offed? And he goes on to say, I'm not a right winger in any way nor conservative. I just don't think questioning the Epstein death is unreasonable. Someone said, I don't know why you're attributing this to liberals. My lib friends also think he was murdered. Jake response, liberal media is where I'm seeing this coming from this all. Also, your uh, also your one liberal friend is probably not a good gauge. Well, here's what I would say. I agree to an extent with Jake. I am mostly seeing the left say, no, no conspiracies. And they're criticizing the right for saying, you know, Clinton body count and things like that. While I think pointing the finger like directly at the Clintons might be jumping the gun, I don't think it's, it's unfair to question the circumstances. And let me stress, just because, you know, here, here's the biggest problem I've had with a lot of journalists. Trump says something, they call him a liar. A government agency under Trump, something happens and they say, whatever the government says must be true. I'm, I'm sorry. This is a federal prison, right? Does that, doesn't that put it under Bill Barr's jurisdiction? Why is it all of a sudden we have so many people saying it's unfortunate? There, there are a lot of people on the left right now saying this is proof that our facilities, our prisons are corrupt and incompetent. And I'm like, well, 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 hold on. It's reason to suggest that may be the case. But I think it's not unreasonable to ask who wanted this guy dead. I mean, we're talking about one of the biggest scandals of our generation. 
He was supposed to be on suicide watch. NBC reported that he was. Take, take, take a look at this tweet from Michael Tracy. He said, people in power love to propagate their own conspiracy theories and deny what they're propagating is a conspiracy theory. Then when ordinary people propose conspiracy theories to explain suspicious official behavior, they get dismissed as crank conspiracy theorists. Can I point out, Russiagate was insane. For years, they were saying Trump, Trump, Russia, Russia, Trump, Trump, Russia, Russia. And did it turn out to be true? No, it was nonsense. But when you have Epstein, who absolutely was going to be implicating some prominent people, including Democrats, perhaps there are some prominent people who are celebrating now that he's no longer among us. And perhaps there are some people who actually wanted this to happen. Now, here's another important point. A few weeks ago, when he was found in a cell, you know, blue and like unconscious or whatever, they never said officially that it was a suicide attempt. At least that's my understanding. Most of the reporting I saw said, uh, actually, I think this was Vox.com saying this. They haven't concluded whether or not it was an attack by his cellmate, a, f- a fake attempt to try and transfer cells or prisons, or an actual attempt. In which case, someone may have tried to kill him. Take a look at this story from the Daily Wire. Jeffrey Epstein accuser names multiple Democrats in alleged sex ring. So Ryan Savedra reports yesterday, a woman who claims that convicted sex offender Epstein was a, and socialite Ghislaine Maxwell kept her as a sex slave says that the two trafficked her to multiple high-powered individuals, including multiple Democrats. The discovery came on Friday. So this is what? Yesterday, this news breaks? Overnight, Epstein is dead. They say the papers included affidavits and depositions of key witnesses in, a, in the lawsuit. The now 33-year-old woman, Virginia Roberts Guffrey, sorry, I can't pronounce that right, filed against Epstein and his associate, Ghislaine Maxwell, in 2015. Fox News noted that two of the men listed were prominent Democratic politicians, former Senator George Mitchell and ex-New Mexico governor and Clinton cabinet official Bill Richardson. Epstein's ties to powerful Democrats include strong connections to former President Bill Clinton, who is an accused rapist. Now, here's the thing. I'm not going to play a game of, of, of partisanship. There, there are accusations across the board. There are people claiming there are photos of, of Trump and Epstein together. He has praised them. So whatever your stance is, just know we are going to see the left blaming Trump, the right blaming the Clintons. And I am not here to tell you what is true or isn't. I'm just trying to point these things out. But of course, I know this is a minefield of a story. I think it's fair to point out there are powerful people across the board, regardless of politics, who are looking at some serious damage to their lives, if not the end of their lives. Take a look at this story. Hillary, conspiracy theories erupt after Jeffrey Epstein's death. Now, this is from the Daily Beast and Kelly Weil, who I find to be lacking credibility. She, she's written stories in the past that had no sources that are seemingly made up or just her pretending she knows what she's talking about. But, she's, uh, but, but I think it's still fair to highlight the story where she points out that the, the conspiracies are bipartisan. Hillary Lynn Patton, a Trump-appointed head of public housing in New York and New Jersey, posted on Instagram shortly after Epstein was reported dead. P.S. Let me know when I'm supposed to feel badly about this. Patton concluded the post with a hashtag alluding to a right-wing conspiracy theory that falsely claims the Clinton family orchestrated the death of a former White House counsel. Patton was far from the only social media user to implicate the Clintons. There, there were a lot. Now, here's the thing. Prince Andrew was named in court documents unsealed Friday. Listen, that was what, yesterday? What is, what is today? Today's Saturday. This was yesterday. 
that high profile individuals are being named. Check this out. Prince Andrew was named in court documents unsealed Friday from an alleged Epstein victim who claimed he trafficked her to wealthy men, including Prince Andrew, lawyer Alan Dershowitz, former New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson, Wall Street billionaire Glenn Dubin, and foreign heads of state. The men deny these allegations. Former President Bill Clinton was not named, although he has been linked to Epstein. Clinton took trips on Epstein's plane in 2002 and 2003, and Epstein visited the Clinton White House, the Daily Beast previously reported. The conspiratorial posts were not limited to the right. Epstein is also a former Trump associate and was filmed discussing women with Trump at a party. The woman who accused Epstein of trafficking her at age 16 said she had been working at Trump's Mar-a-Lago resort when Epstein recruited her. Claire McCaskill, a former Democratic senator from Missouri, appeared to imply foul play with a Saturday morning tweet. Something stinks to high heaven, McCaskill wrote. How does someone on suicide watch hang himself with no intervention? Impossible unless Claire McCaskill is saying this. Okay, you know what? I think I think we're now into conspiracies, fair game territory. And I'm only going to say that because we've got Joe Scarborough, Paul Krugman, Claire McCaskill. It's fair now at this point, right? I think it's fair to say Occam's razor would suggest a powerful man who was about to bring down a ton of powerful people who in unsealed court documents just the other day implicated a ton of very powerful people. The simple solution is somebody didn't want him to talk. Think about it this way. One of the, one of the things I said you know, earlier today was that Occam's razor suggests is a billionaire who's now living in squalor. He's upset. His life is over. So yeah, it's possible. And, and I still believe that. But also consider, what if he was living in squalor, he is upset, and, and a Fed comes in and says, how would you like to be released under house arrest? Spill the beans. Or the fear that he would. Joe Scarborough, an MSNBC host and former Republican congressman, appeared to blame Russian interference. See, this is the thing about good faith, bad faith, and trying to understand what people really mean. When Scarborough said it, it sounded predictably Russian, it sounds like he's, 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 this is what Russians do. You know, people in Russian prisons mysteriously die and get radio, radio, uh, radiation poisoning. I don't think he's saying it's the Russians. He's saying it sounds very, he could have said mafioso. That would have been a better word. Epstein's death is under investigation, law enforcement's told the Daily Beast on Saturday. So right now, there's, um, according to NBC, Epstein was in his own cell time of his death and was not on suicide watch. Multiple people familiar with the investigation tell the story's breaking. I honestly, I can't tell you what is or isn't happening. I can't tell you if he was or wasn't on suicide watch. Previous, previous reporting said he was. Now we have NBC saying he wasn't. But I think it was CBS still saying he was. I I don't know. What I can say is talk about a scandal. And we've got mainstream politicians, personalities on the left calling this a conspiracy or at least saying that may be the case. So um, there's there's a bit of other news for the most part. Um, Let me let me let me read a little bit of this because there there is a statement um, and I'll read just a little bit of the Washington Post because I don't want to leave. You know, I, I guess we're talking about the conspiracy here and the importance of it. So I'll, I'll say this. Clinton body count is trending. Bill Clinton is trending. Clinton is trending. These conspiracies are running wild. And you know what, man? I don't know what to tell you because this one definitely seems sketchy. Everyone seems to think so. So let me just give you a bit of the details we have so far. So I'm not just speculating and talking about conspiracy. They say that he was found unresponsive in his cell in the special housing unit of the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York City, about 6.30 a.m. 
Life-saving measures were initiated immediately by responding staff, who then requested aid from emergency medical services. Epstein was transported to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead, the Bureau said. ABC News first reported the incident, said that Epstein had hanged himself. Look, this is the news cycle. This is it. So with updates, I will will have more segments coming up. YouTube.com slash TimCastNews starting at 6 p.m. And I'm going to be tracking this one because I am like anti-conspiracy theory. I think we should always ignore the conclusions and start with the facts. But I don't know what to tell you when Paul Krugman says, eh, when Claire McCaskill says, kind of, when Joe Scarborough says, well, yeah, I think um, most people are going to say this dude, this dude got off. Stick around. I will see you in the next segment with potentially uh, more updates and um, I will see you there. The Hunt has been canceled. The movie where liberal elites round up MAGA types and then hunt them down is canceled. And this is kind of a weird uh, philosophical position to be in. I made a video about the movie, I think it was like a day or two ago, where I said at first in the one segment, this should be taken down, but wait, maybe it shouldn't, maybe that's wrong. I'm in the middle on this one because for one thing, I don't think the movie should be taken down for being offensive to anybody. That's not the point. The reason why I was critical of the movie and thought it was poorly timed, poorly planned and everything is because it's going to inflame tensions and make everything worse. And you have to be, you know, this to me is a really good sign of how oblivious people are to how bad things are getting. This says to me that at a certain point, somebody heard this idea of red state people, deplorables, they're called in the script, and liberal elites killing each other in a movie was a good idea, not realizing that the tensions are actually getting to this point where you put on a movie like this, and I'm, I'm, I'm concerned there's going to be people on the right seeing the liberal elites gloat and be evil, and it's going to create a caricature in their minds, and the left is going to see the, uh, what I believe the protagonists killing the liberal elites, and it's going to put a caricature in their minds. And the last thing we need are fictitious versions in which people assign, you know, how they feel about someone based off, look, let me, let me rephrase. People see a movie and then assume the actor or actress actually behaves that way in real life, not realizing it's character. And that's what's disconcerting. Let's read the story. From Deadline, the Hunt theatrical release pulled by Universal following mass shooting and Donald Trump's slam against Hollywood. They say Universal will not be releasing Bloomhouse's The Hunt on September 27th as planned. Deadline hears that a collective decision was made by Universal leadership led by Donna Langley with The Hunt filmmaking team. For this particular film, it's better to wait. The news of Universal canceling The Hunt comes in the wake of the studio putting the brakes on the pick's marketing campaign in the wake of the mass shooting in El Paso, Texas, Dayton, Ohio, and Gilroy, California. The studio released the following statement this morning, quote, While Universal Pictures has already paused the marketing campaign for The Hunt, after thoughtful consideration, the studio has decided to cancel our plans to release the film. We stand by our filmmakers and will continue to distribute films in partnership with bold and visionary creators, like those associated with the satirical social thriller. But we understand that now is not the right time to release this film. This is alarming uh, in a lot of ways. The first thing, I've had conversations with politically uninitiated individuals who don't understand how bad things are getting. And I was asked recently, like, why are you talking about identity politics so much? And I said, did you see the statement from Taylor Swift about white guys? Did you see the manifesto from the dude who showed up in in, in El Paso? Did you see the social media feed of the guy in Dayton? 
What that really said to me when they asked me why is that my, my, my first response was, how much news do you read every day? And, oh, I don't really exactly. Listen, I read everything. Some t- 99% of the news is boring nonsense. But what's dominating the news cycle are these extreme moments that, look, may or may not be getting worse. It may just be that we're seeing more and more of it. But for me, it's not that I'm just only focused on these, on these st- stories. I'm watching everything. I, I can't tell you how much boring nonsense I read every day and don't focus on, right? I've, I've, I've got a ton of stories about the tech industry, security, and things that just never made it anywhere. I never used them, but I'm reading all of this stuff every day. I'm reading stories about like the latest release of yogurt from a new company. I'm reading everything. And the stories that are dominating the cycle in terms of like 2020 are these issues. So here's the important thing I'm trying to say. When somebody decides we're going to make this movie, it shows that the average person has no idea how bad it's really getting. And so I asked a friend, did you hear about what happened with these shootings? And they said, oh, the El Paso thing, right? And I said, yeah, in Dayton. And they're like, oh, what was Dayton? Well, Dayton was a far left guy. We don't know why he did it. He could be an accelerationist, no idea. But his Twitter account was saying things like, I don't want to wait, or I refuse to wait for socialism. And then for some reason, he went and did this. And they never heard that. Now, the El Paso thing was big news. So was Dayton, kind of up until people realized the guy was, was you know, on the far left. But the point is, it's like people aren't aware of what's happening. They're not aware. Did you know August 17th in what, seven day, in one week, there are going to be a ton of right-wing and left-wing groups fighting in Portland? People don't know this. They don't realize. There was a tweet put out today by a journalist where he said his brother, it's a week out. They were in line buying donuts and some random dudes walked up to a guy and punched him in the face, something like this, because they thought he was a proud boy. That's how crazy it's getting. Okay. At, at, at one point, these fights were happening, you know, uh, in, in, uh, in rallies and planned events. Now it's happening before. So I don't, I don't want to get into all that because I do have another video I want to do on the bigger picture here, moving into whatever we can call this conflict. But I do want to read this. But, but I'm, the, the point I'm stressing is that this movie says to me, they're thinking it's funny. They think these stories here in the news are nothing. Nothing's really happening. But here's what I'm going to do. Before we read a little bit further, go to timcast.com slash donate if you want to support my work. There's a bunch of ways you can do it. I'll keep this one short. Share this video if you like it. I've, I've always got to make sure I say this because a lot of people who don't know, you know, this kind of content is being deranked and you can't see it. But let's, let's read the news. They say from Deadline, continuing, no official plans as to what happened to the hunt now. It could come back at a later date for a theatrical release or it could go to streaming once Comcast launches the service. They say the hunt follows 12 red state strangers who wake up in a clearing and realize they're being hunted by liberals. Betty Gilpin and Hillary Swank play women on opposite sides of the political spectrum, conservative and liberal, who are targeting each other. Craig Zobel directed the movie, which was written by Nick Cuse and Damon Lindelof. Yesterday, President Trump went after Hollywood in what was, a, in what was perceived by the media as an alluded slam to the film The Hunt. Quote, you talk about racist, Hollywood is racist. What they're doing with the kind of movies they're putting out, it's actually very dangerous for our country. What Hollywood is doing is a tremendous disturbance to our country, claims Trump. Dominic Patton covered the news yesterday and how the town called BS on POTUS. Variety reported this morning that Swank, who was appearing at the Locarno Film Festival, told reporters and former screen daily editor-in-chief Mike Goodridge that she would not be discussing the hunt saying, No one's seen the film. You can't really have a conversation about it without understanding what it's about. Well, in the trailers, it looks like the Trump supporters are the protagonists. So you'd think 
based on that alone, Trump supporters would probably be okay with it, right? That's just like everything about this shows how people don't really understand how bad, how bad things have gotten. My thing is, I kind of, you know, I'm, I'm torn on this one. I don't like the idea of the film. I don't think it should have been made. I think it's going to make everything worse. At the same time, should they publish it? I mean, at this point, yeah, we already know it exists. So it's just a difficult position. In no way am I upset that a movie would be offensive to anyone's delicate sensibilities. Oh, I don't care. I wouldn't care if the, if they made a movie where it was Trump supporters running around, and and not only were they the good guys, but they were you know, like the movie framed it as good. They're you know hurting liberals. Like the point I'm saying is, make it more extreme, make it more offensive. That's fine. The concern I have is that people are going to be inflamed by this, that it's going to make everything worse. But at this point, what do you do? I mean, we know the movie exists. That's enough. In fact, it might be worse now that they're not releasing it because now everyone's going to assume what the movie was really about. I see a lot of people thinking the film is about liberals hunting conservatives and the liberals are good guys. When in fact, it's it, it, from the trailers, which have been pulled, by the way, as far as I, as far as I know, they're not on the, 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 the trailer I was looking for was gone from YouTube. It seems like the Trump supporters are the protagonists fighting back against the liberal elite. But I still think it's bad. Let's read. They said, that said, Swank did have something to say about Trump and in the current entertainment climate saying, my desire to tell certain stories has always been the same, no matter who the president is. The choices that I've made pretty much inform who I am as a person, and that's not going to change no matter what's happening. Last weekend, ESPN yanked an ad for The Hunt that it had previously approved. However, AMC aired a spot for the Bloomhouse movie during, uh, during its season premiere of The Preacher. On Wednesday, Universal, in its initial slowdown of The Hunt, decided to pause the pick's marketing campaign across outdoor, digital, and theatrical. Now, now I will stress one more point, like the final point for this. This kind of stuff happens all the time, actually. You know, uh, suspending marketing campaigns is normal when big breaking news happens, and it's very likely this movie will come out later. I'm going to lean towards it probably won't, though. And, and, and let, me, let, me, let me rephrase. There's no reason they can't release this later. They may be thinking, hey, once things simmer down, we can publish this. I don't think things are going to be simmering down. And that's why I don't think this movie will ever see its full release the way they intended it. It is a movie about liberals and conservatives killing each other. And that is going to make people hate each other even more. There's uh, a thing, uh, there's a video you should watch. <clears throat> I was going to say thing as like a, a concept, but there's a video called, this video will make you angry, where CGP Grey talks about how people don't argue with each other. They argue to their own group about another group and they don't actually look at it. And that's the main takeaway I have about this video. People don't actually engage, like liberals don't engage conservatives and vice versa. Whatever, whatever the reason, they have a, a caricature in their head of what the other group is like. That's the problem I see with a movie like this at a time like this. I'll tell you what, though. In one week, we might see things, get, we might see things going really, really bad up in Portland. I'll leave it there. But I, but I, but I will say, even if they didn't pull it today, I'd be willing to bet something's going to happen on the 17th, and they would have pulled this either way. I, th- this to me shows how oblivious they are to the current state of, of the crisis, the cultural crisis in the U.S. They probably saw a story here that thought it was funny. They thought it was funny how people are insulting you know, Trump, not realizing the rhetoric about Trump is, is serious. And the rhetoric from those who support him is also serious. I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got two more segments coming up for you in a few moments. I will see you shortly. GOP chairwoman says Trump raised $12 million in the Hamptons, quote, Thanks to the unhinged mob. So what we're going to talk about here is a bit about how when you target the president, or no, no, it's not even that. 
There's something called the Streisand effect. Look, when it comes to what Joaquin Castro did publishing Trump's donors, it incensed Trump's base. It triggers people to go and take action. You are, you are fanning the flames. So here we have the first story. GOP chairman says Trump raises $12 million. So I have another story I want to go over. Why target Tucker Carlson? It's part of the left's war on the right, they say. But let's read this first story. And I want to talk about how it's, it's just so obvious because things like this happen so often that people think they're going to go after Trump or Carlson and it's going to hurt them in the long run. Now, Carlson has lost sponsors in the past, but it's just making him more notable and more valuable to Fox News. Okay, when, when, when you target people in this way and do these activist routines, it might work on some people, but this is a different game that people don't seem to realize. Let's read. The Hill reports, Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel says President Trump on Friday raised $12 million, and they were projecting $2 million, I believe. Or I'm, I'm sorry, they were projecting $10 million. Uh, at, a high, uh, at a high dollar fundraiser in the Hamptons. The president attended two fundraisers on Friday afternoon before heading to his New Jersey golf club for a week-long vacation. Reports had suggested the fundraisers would yield $10 million for Trump's re-election effort. One of the fundraisers was hosted by Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins and the chairman of the related, uh, uh, of the related companies, which own, owns a majority stake in SoulCycle and Equinox. Quote, thanks to the unhinged mob on the left, Real Donald Trump raised $12 million today, $2 million more than originally expected. High-profile clients of SoulCycle and Equinox, including stars such as Chrissy Teigen and comedian Billy Eichner, have called for boycotts of the fitness facilities. And look, I'll make this point too. A lot of people think what's happening right now is silly. It's a game. It's not going to get bad. But this is how it starts, okay? We're hearing now that a business donated to Trump, therefore a bunch of people are calling for boycotts and severing from that service. Regular people and Trump supporters will keep using it. The left will go off and make their own, maybe, or they won't use it. And that's going to increasingly divide the country even worse. Let's read on. Earlier Friday, Trump dismissed the backlash against Ross and suggested the businessman could even benefit from the outcry. I think it just makes Steve much hotter, Trump said. He'll figure that out in about a week, but he's very happy. And that's how I segue into the Carlson thing. Let's read on. Ross said in a statement earlier this week that he disagrees with the president on many issues and agrees with them on others. Quote, I have been and will continue to be an outspoken champion of racial equality, inclusion, diversity, public education, and environmental sustainability. And I have and will continue to support leaders on both sides of the aisle to address these challenges. And the narrative in the end is that the outrage helped Trump raise money. Trump then says that he's going to be way better off because of it. And that brings me to the next story. There's two things to take away here. They say, why target Tucker Carlson? Well, let me ask you, how many right-wing individuals are trying to get left-wing hosts fired? No, right-wing hosts make fun of Rachel Maddow and Don Lemon, but they're not constantly targeting the advertisers. No, that's the left. It is the left consistently targeting the right. But I will stress this. Trump made more money. We can see that. As for Tucker Carlson, this is difficult. He's lost a ton of advertisers, but I'll tell you what I think. Tucker Carlson is probably what he's probably the most notable host on Fox News because of the constant attacks against him, which means for conservatives who feel like they're being assaulted by the left or their beliefs are, they're going to rally around Tucker, which will overall boost Fox's viewership. They may lose money on that one show in particular, but they are now hosting one of the primary uh, uh, components 
you know, proponents on the right, uh, or I don't know, uh, belligerents, whatever the word is you want to say, like, I don't want to say combatant, but like primary figures of the right. Tucker, let, let, let me rephrase. By constantly targeting Tucker, they are making sure he is one of the most notable figures on the right, which means if Fox wants to cater to that audience, the left is doing him a favor. They are saying this man is what we don't like and are afraid of. And then conservatives rally around Tucker and Fox goes, great. They're increasing the profile and support for one of our, one of our hosts, which is great for the network. Might lose some money on his show specifically, so long as the My Pillow guy and that gold company keep advertising. Well, I think he's okay. But think about the peripheral effect. Carlson may lose money, but the rest of the network will do well because conservatives are going to rally behind it. Let's read the story, though. Let's see what they have to say. Before we get started on this, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are multiple ways you can contribute. More importantly, share this video, subscribe, and I'll, and I'll stress one more, uh, one more thing, too. This is actually my second channel. These stories are kind of the runoff. and They're not the big main stories. If you want to see more, a lot of people don't know, I have three channels. Go to youtube.com slash timcast, which is a different channel, and subscribe there. That's the main channel. Uh, A lot of people apparently didn't realize that, so I'm clarifying now, but let's read. They say, the events in Dayton, Ohio have rightly shocked the nation. In our understandable collective furor over the senseless loss of life, all the old political divides are being revisited. Now in a climate of often frightening blame, anger, and distrust, from gun control to the role of extremist ideologies to mental health to responsibilities of political leaders not to inflame tensions. Such re-examination is, is fine and a good thing. But what is not is a different sort of outrage, one that leverages the deaths of innocents to destroy the reputations and careers of others. It was to be expected that the progressive media and political activists would go after Trump and his effort to secure the borders by blaming him directly for El Paso, while not extending such flawed logic to other events in Dayton and previously in Washington, D.C. Both shooters explicitly claimed fervent support for left-wing causes and particular progressive candidates such as Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. No one knows exactly all the factors that trigger the unhinged to shoot the innocent. And in that void of knowledge, it makes no sense either to level charges that will lead to more violence or to damn as culpable those who have not called for violence. They go on and talk about Joaquin Castro, but they they make a good point. And it's kind of an obvious point. When the Scalise shooting happened, Dayton happened. We don't see the left outraged and, and calling for, you know, the same things. Like after the Scalise shooting, they said, oh, it was one crazy guy. Don't do it. And it's, it's just a silly game. It's a silly game they play where they say you can't blame all, you know, Muslims for the actions of extremists and then say we must blame Trump and all of his supporters for the actions of extremists. You can't do that. It doesn't matter what the ideology is. You can be religious. You could be Christian, Jewish, Muslim, and you are not at fault for the extremists. You can be left and you can be right and you're not at fault for the extremists. Let's stop playing favorites. But as they point out, notably, it makes sense. Let's skip over all of the nonsense that doesn't need to be in this story and get to the real issue. Fox News' Tucker Carlson has recently questioned all these narratives and now he too is a target of the media and the online outrage industry in calls for sponsor boycotts and is firing. His sin? Carlson over the past few months and especially the past few days has voiced some inconvenient truths that earn outrage but not refutation. One, while white supremacy ideology always must be monitored and can trigger the unhinged, as the El Paso uh, shows us, it is no longer a ubiquitous movement as it once was in the 20th century. And that's a fact. I don't need to read his point, but the point is simple. We know that they're a tiny fringe faction. They're extremely dangerous. Tucker Carlson made his his point poorly, in my opinion, but he's not wrong. 
This idea of like Klansmen running around and doing all these things, it's just not reality. Okay? There are crazy people, but they're dwindling. Let's read on. They say two. Carlson emphasized that in comparison to America's real existential challenges, homelessness, drug epidemics, the threat of Chinese mercantilism, mercantilism, keeping a vibrant economy going. White supremacy, white supremacy simply does not register with the general public as a major threat. Certainly in terms of annual fatal shootings, the staggering death tolls in Chicago and Baltimore suggest a national crisis that is ignored for largely political reasons. And that's something I brought up earlier in the day. I'm from Chicago. We know they ignore Chicago. And then when you bring up Chicago, they say, oh, you're just being racist now. And it's like, oh my God, dude, I grew up in this town. Call out both of it. I don't care. Just stop ignoring one over the other. That's why I just don't believe them. They say three, Carlson argued that the U.S., while not perfect, is a good nation of good people who daily go about their business judging others by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. And he's right. Four, and most controversially, Carlson repeatedly has cited political opportunism as the fuel that powers these untruths. He has been unapologetic that those who falsely charge that white supremacy defines America past and present have clear agendas. Without such venomous charges, they cannot win popular support. Quote, they promise some Americans reparations. They denounce others for the color of their skin. They call it privilege. The entire country, they'll tell you, is fundamentally racist and therefore evil. And that's why Tucker Carlson is right. While I certainly think Carlson can be mean and can, and can be bombastic, his overall point, uh, I believe, is apt. I wouldn't call it a hoax. I think he was wrong to do that. I think he made his point wrong. And I don't want to dwell on this issue, but I'll say it. White supremacy is, is a serious problem. I know firsthand. It is, it is a very serious problem. But most Americans don't care. Most Americans are concerned about gun violence for sure, but they're more concerned about the economy and healthcare, things that affect them on a day-to-day basis. And these narratives are just, it's, it's, it's media exaggeration for opportunity, both political and business uh, opportunity. In the end, the point I wanted to make with these two stories was that I believe these kind of issues are going to be a great benefit to, to Tucker Carlson, to Fox News, and to Donald Trump. As we saw in the first story I highlighted, Trump made more money because of the fake outrage. If they ever canceled Tucker Carlson, which they wouldn't, it would be, it would be huge because Carlson is quickly becoming one of the most prominent figures on the right in the culture war because of his willingness to challenge that and because the left keeps targeting him. His support will not go away. And I'd be willing to bet if Fox News said pay monthly for Tucker to keep him on the air, he'd be making way more than he's making off ads. I'll leave it there. Stick around. I got one more segment coming up for you in a few moments, and I will see you shortly. And lo and behold, according to the feds, the Mississippi food plants were willfully employing illegal workers. I'll tell you something interesting. I got a message from someone who said that what these plants do when they hire illegal immigrants is they put them under one or few social security numbers. And it would be very easy to figure out that these companies are willfully employing illegal immigrants, you know, uh, skirting the law and just showing complete disdain for the low-skilled labor in this country. And it's just, it's just a corporate greed. Bernie Sanders was asked about open borders. And what did he say? He said something like, oh, God, no, we can't open the borders. There are too many poor people. Bernie Sanders was asked in 2015 about open borders. And he said, that's a Koch brothers proposal. So the, the big businesses that want to bring in cheap labor, that's what he said. They want open borders so they can set up factories in other countries and they want open borders so they can bring in people who are willing to work for dirt. 
Because the truth is, without these illegal immigrants, these companies would have to fire America. They would have to hire Americans, and Americans are going to want much more money. That's too bad, isn't it? Cuts into your profits. Well, pay American and pay a decent wage. Doesn't that doesn't that you know make sense for everybody? We can boost the business, encourage American businesses, and we can increase salaries and wages for the American citizens. Let's read the story from the New York Post. Federal authorities apparently had good reason for conducting one of the biggest immigration raids in a decade this past week. Six of the seven Mississippi food plants that got hit by ICE agents on Wednesday were, quote, willfully and unlawfully employing illegal aliens, with many working under false names and fake social security numbers, according to investigators. How is it not conspiracy? If the businesses are going to use fake information knowingly, how is that not a conspiracy to violate labor laws? You want to know why this is a serious issue and why it really annoys me that the left has abandoned this issue and why I supported Bernie when he talked about it before? This is an effort by big businesses to avoid having to pay the taxes and pay the benefits they are legally required to do. And this is why Bernie was right when he said the open borders policy is a Koch brothers proposal. Think about it. You run a big industry. You want to hire people for as less for the least amount of money possible? Don't do it in America. We got labor laws and standards and unions. So where is the left on this issue? Oh, they've abandoned it. And that's why the left is fractured. And that's what really, really bothers me about the whole immigration issue. Union. So, so we can look at the Green New Deal. AFL-CIO, one of the largest, uh, I believe the largest labor union in the country, opposed it. What about immigration? Well, the union should be right behind the, uh, should, should be in opposition to the left, opposing all of this and supporting ICE for one simple reason, man. Unions are fighting to make sure that the workers are being taken care of. Now, I've got my beef with some of the unions I've been involved in, and I personally don't like being forced to join a union. But the core concept of what a union is, is to fight for workers' rights. That I understand. I'm fine with. I think collective bargaining gets that done. Unions are now tied up in laws. It's a whole debate. But here's the point. When, when these open borders activists, like the DSA, champion these causes, who benefits? Industrialists. These companies would love to put their chicken processing plant in Guatemala or Mexico, pay a dollar an hour and no health care and no taxes. Too bad you can't. And now Trump is a problem for these industrialists. Trump is saying, no, we're going to have tariffs and we're going re- to renegotiate these, free- these, these trade agreements. And also these big industries are now going like, oh, oh, no, we were hiring people for five bucks an hour with no health care. And now we have to hire American and Americans want more than that. And you got to pay for health care and, 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 and taxes, employment insurance and all that stuff. These companies love to bypass these rules. Given the opportunity, they do. And sure enough, what happens when the story breaks? Listen, man, I can sympathize with the kids who were left outside crying. We see all the left saying, oh, these children are crying. Release their parents. No, 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 hold on. The parents broke the law. The parents know they broke the law. I believe it is irresponsible of the parents. And I, and I admit, I, I think we absolutely need to be, be, be concerned about these kids and that should be our primary focus. We, we need to deal with these companies that are willfully employing illegal immigrants, violating the law, essentially bypassing the, the benefits that we provide as America through our legal system to workers. They're, 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 getting, they're getting away with all of this. And what we need to do is we need to make sure that businesses are playing by the rules. So are the people who are working and all that good stuff. 
But the left instead is saying, look, they're crying. They're, they're crying. Let the, let the illegal immigrants go, go back to work. They're not doing anything wrong. Hold on. There's a union somewhere that fought long and hard to guarantee health care to their, to, their, to, their, to, the, to, uh, to their union members. All of a sudden, now you get these plants that say, don't hire American. Do it illegally. They know it's illegal. It was willful. Why isn't the left coming out and say these corporatists, these industrialists, are trying to break the unions and bypass? They don't care. They don't care. They're going to show you a picture of a crying kid and try and use it to get you to vote for something that makes no sense. Look, when ICE conducts these raids, in my opinion, the first priority should be to make sure there's not going to be some kids stranded at a school, as apparently, that's apparently what happened. Now, they came out later and say they've taken care of the kids and they're now being accompanied by guardians and they're at shelters and things like that. And I can certainly sympathize with the kids. It's not their fault. It's their parents' fault for breaking the law. And it's the fault of these industries for incentivizing this behavior. These people wouldn't be here working if these businesses weren't breaking the law. Okay, here's what gets me so angry. And here's the main point from NPR. Chicken plants see little fallout from immigration raids. Isn't it their fault first and foremost? Am I going to blame the person who says, I want to come to America? I won't, for the most part. Now, hear me out. Of course people want to come to America. I've been around the world. America's awesome. I am not going to blame someone for wanting to be here. You break the law. That's your fault. You get deported. But they're being given the opportunity by these industries who know they're breaking the law and keep telling them, come on in. We'll give you an illegal job. This allows us to not have to pay benefits. It allows us to ignore union negotiations and you can't do anything about it. And it's creating an underclass and it's nightmarish. So look, I get people want to come here. We can't allow it. There's more than just this. Listen, what happens when these illegal immigrants are working in unsafe conditions, filthy conditions, and someone gets hurt? What is, what is the company going to say? You can't do anything about it. There's no one you can complain to because you'll be deported. Why should we allow this to keep happening? Why are they facing little repercussion? Let's, 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 let's read because maybe, maybe there's more to the story. They say, documents unsealed Friday by the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Magnolia State Southern District outline how authorities worked with confidential informants over the span of a year to uncover the use of ineligible employees. Supervisors allegedly turned a blind eye to unlawful practices, such as hiring the same workers repeatedly under various names and not checking whether they had the the proper paperwork. To add insult to injury, some of the plant owners were embezzling money by adding other fake names and social security numbers to their payroll and keeping the cash they purportedly made for themselves. An employee at one plant owned by PH Food told Homeland Security investigators that nearly all of its 240 workers in Morton, Mississippi, as well as some 80 employees at an A&B plant in Pelahatchie, had been hired illegally. Many of them were allegedly from Guatemala. Food Inc. and others are willfully and unlawfully employing illegal aliens in violation of federal law. The payroll companies, as well as PH Food Inc. and AB Inc., do not verify the authenticity of their documents, said one informant. So think about this, please, left. No, 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 I'll say this, because I, I know the far left won't be listening, but in the chance that you are, do you like the idea of corporate millionaires and billionaires exploiting those who are most desperate, knowing they can do nothing about this? Even if you change the law today, these immigrants, these illegal immigrants still can't do anything about this. Unless you go full open borders, the people who are here, no matter how light the punishment is, 
don't have legal recourse for complaining about these conditions because they're here working illegally. So hold on. You argue then, okay, okay, well, why don't we just make free movement between countries? And then people can work here if they want. Yeah, no problem. Because then the factory will say, hey, great, we're going to move 10 miles into Mexico and hire people there and still not play, pay benefits. You are creating a permanent underclass that serves the whims of the wealthy in this country. How is this not plainly visible? Long story short, are these companies going to be held accountable? Because it sounds like a conspiracy to me. What is that, Rico or something? Maybe not Rico. I have no idea. But I feel like something's got to be done. And I feel like, you know, you had Obama deporting people. Now they're saying, stop, listen, these people can't fight for their rights because there's a lot of laws restricting what they're doing. Even if we get rid of those laws and say you're free to work here, it just means these big companies can leave and go wherever they want. And there's got to be a lot of work done before we can actually solve this problem. But I'll tell you this right now, not stopping these businesses and acting like these people should be continued to be exploited by billionaires makes no sense. And that's the argument I'm seeing from the left. I'll leave it there. Point clear, right? Stick around. Next segment will be coming up 10 a.m. tomorrow. Uh, podcast at 6.30 p.m. I'll see you all next time. And there it is. We all knew it was going to happen. Come on, let's not play any games. Jeffrey Epstein found dead in NYC jail. This story is breaking right now. Jeffrey Epstein, the millionaire financier and accused sex trafficker, was found dead by suicide on Saturday at a Manhattan jail, according to three officials familiar with the matter. The officials told NBC News he was found at 7.30 a.m., at the Metropolitan Correctional Center in New York, and that he hanged himself. Epstein, 66, was being held on federal sex trafficking charges. He was arrested July 6 in Teterboro, New Jersey. As he returned from Paris on a private jet, he has pleaded not guilty and was denied bail. No comments or anything, but I do have the, the past story. And there's your breaking news. There's your breaking news update. Got it done in a minute. But I want to talk about this beyond just the breaking news. Jeffrey Epstein was on suicide watch. How is this possible? How is it possible for someone who, who has already tried to commit suicide to have actually pulled it off? Let's throw aside all the conspiracy theories, but boy, do I want to talk about those conspiracy theories because can, like, congratulations, New York City, you are so incompetent. You have just ex- like exacerbated all conspiracies to the upteenth degree. And now it's, that, that's it. You, like, you know what, man? You are now going to have every single person like every moderate individual now scratching their beard, their chin, I'm sorry, there are women involved, scratching their chin going, I don't know about this one. I got to say, I detest conspiracy theories. I defer to Occam's razor and I'm scratching my head at this. And so are a bunch of journalists on Twitter saying, how was it possible that a man that was on suicide watch successfully pulled off a suicide? My opinion, criminal negligence. I'm saying it straight up. Look, we can't play We can't play the conspiracy game. We need evidence first and foremost. But a lot of people are asking questions because it was so obvious Epstein would never make it to trial. This guy escaped justice once, and now he's escaped justice forever. The mainstream view, Occam's razor, which is, for those that aren't familiar, the simple solution tends to be the correct one. Look, man, let me just say this. I know there's a lot of people who believe there's conspiracies. They're probably now going to say this guy was was put down. And you know what? I got to say this. As much as I don't believe that's the likely solution, I think the guy killed himself like he was he wanted to. 
You're, you're going to have, you're going to be hard pressed to convince people that a guy who was on suicide watch pulled it off. I'm not at the end of story. You, when, when they, when, when they're concerned, absolutely concerned about someone ending their own life, they take away anything that can be used to hang themselves and they put them in an empty room. Epstein was on suicide watch. How did this happen? Now there's a lot of conspiracies here. Here's the problem. There's been a long, a long-standing conspiracy about the Clintons and their body count. And my understanding is that there are a lot of people in the periphery to the Clintons who have died in, you know, unfortunate circumstances. I'm not going to go into the full details because I don't believe, it. like, here's the thing. It's not that I don't believe in conspiracies. It's that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. People dying is not extraordinary evidence. Evidence would be something like Hillary Clinton being found with a bloody glove and like holding a knife. That's extraordinary evidence. But the conspiracies are going to be impossible to quell now. And I can't blame the individuals who are laughing because there have been stories popping up. Bill Clinton was on the airplanes. You know, uh, people have talked about it over and over again. When Epstein got arrested, everyone said, we know he will commit suicide. We know it's going to happen. And there were jokes about it. There are joke tweets from, from Hillary Clinton, like a fake tweet where she's like, it, it, I'm so sad. You know, it'll be so sad when, when Epstein commits suicide at 2.34 p.m. in a week from now. Like, that's the joke. People said it was going to happen, and then it happened. But let, let me stress, okay, because I can't, I can't do the conspiracies, guys. Listen, he's an older guy. He's a, he's a monster. He's caught. He's not going to get to go home. He's going to now spend his time in a cell. You've got to understand the massive shock to the system for someone like that and why they would try to end their own life. He's got, there's no sympathy. There's no, there's no, there's no remorse. He's going down. It's done. But there's also a lot of people he's probably friends with. So here's why I always defer to Occam's razor. The simple solution tends to be the correct one. Just think about the basics of the case. The guy's life's over. He's done. Everything, you know, he wanted to do, everything he was doing, he can't do it anymore. Oh, poor baby. He's a disgusting freak monster. So now he's gone from this wealthy, lavish life to sitting in a, in a cage with a bunch of other criminals. And that's a, that's, a, that's a massive shock. Listen, there are a lot of people who are poor. You know, most people who go to prison are going to be poor. And they're not used to living in mansions and having all of their whims catered to. So this guy is now facing a, a terrifying reality. Everyone hates him. And more importantly, even if this wasn't suicide, people like him don't last long in prison. They're probably going to get beaten on. They have no friends. So yeah, I'm not surprised the guy tried to kill himself. And now the bigger problem is, again, starting from Occam's razor, but we'll talk about the conspiracies. How do you have a guy in Suicide Watch successfully hanging himself? Did he do the pass out game? What did he use to actually hang himself with? And why did he have it? And where were the feds? There are witnesses coming out. There are imp there, there's a lot of testimony that needs to be heard. And now the main guy, he's gone. So here's the thing. This is a scandal beyond all scandals, okay? You have a Manhattan correctional facility where they're supposed to be watching this, doing, not doing their job. So here's my, here's my thing. Okay, fine. Who was on watch that day? You knew this guy was at risk. You had one job that is criminally negligent in my opinion. But granted, there's going to be a lot of people saying, oh, they couldn't stop it, whatever. The point is, Look at this. this, this so this is, the, this is the past story. Okay, I want to highlight this and then I want to talk more about conspiracy stuff. Jeffrey Epstein found injured in NYC jail cell after possible suicide attempt, sources. Epstein was found semi-conscious with marks on his neck, sources said. And investigators are trying to piece together, excuse me, exactly what happened. So they say, um, let me, let me, I just want to get to the meat and potatoes here. 
They said a fourth source said an assault has not been ruled out and that another inmate was questioned. The inmate who investigators have talked to in Lower Manhattan facility has been identified as Nicholas Tartaglione. According to sources, Tartaglione is a former police officer in Westchester County who was arrested in December 2016 and accused of killing four men in an alleged cocaine distribution conspiracy, then burying their bodies in his yard in Otisville in Orange County, according to court records. Epstein and Tartaglione were cellmates. Two sources tell NBC4 New York. Subsequently on Thursday, a senior official reiterated that all three theories attempted suicide, try for transfer by a, uh, and attack by inmate are still in play. I don't know where they've gone from. Look, I Google searched Epstein suicide watch. This was the first story that came up. There may be updates in between this. There's a lot of theories going around as to actually what, hap- what actually happened. Apparently this guy, here, let's read this. The attorney for Tartaglione denied all the claims that his client attacked the financier, saying his client and Epstein get along well. The attorney added Epstein was seen today and appears to be fine. They are in the same unit and doing well, said Bruce Barquette, uh, an attorney for Tartaglione. He said any claim that, tar- that he might have assaulted Epstein is absolutely not true. They say that uh, he and Epstein have been complaining about conditions inside the MCC, including flooding, rodents, and bad food. So I'll say this. Conspiracies are going to uh, explode. And I'm even seeing journalists imply conspiracy. But let me, let me, but, but hold on, just give me a second. The first theory was that, or I'm sorry, one of the theories was that he was attacked by his cellmate. Another theory is that it was an attempt to get him transferred somewhere else. But take a, take a look at this. They were saying that they were complaining about flooding rodents and bad food. Think about that, man. You're, you're a, a working class guy. You're a middle, lower class. And you go to prison and you're like, yeah, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm living in squalor. But it's not that too, too far off from where you were. Epstein is probably having panic attacks with flooding rodents and bad food. Every, he's probably super miserable. Here's the thing, however. I'm actually seeing now mainstream journalists on Twitter questioning how this happened because at the very least, there is a major scandal, possibly the biggest scandal in the history of the United States justice, like correctional facilities or however you want to frame it. Here we have one of the biggest cases of our generation, the guy who had a private island who was trafficking underage women to powerful individuals. He tr- and, and, and so that's first and foremost, a huge scandal like, whoa, the guy's finally going down for this. Then he tries to kill himself, at least according to what the reports are saying. That's what they believe to have happened. How, 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 did, how did it happen the first time? It shouldn't have. This guy should be locked down and being fed by hand by someone else to make sure he's, he talks and we figure out who's doing what. Then he's put on suicide watch. You want to talk about the scandal beyond all scandals? We're nearing the point now where I have to say the simple solution is someone shutting him up or him trying to protect his buddies. We're at that point. Why did he want to kill himself? I don't know. Maybe he didn't. You're going to be hard pressed to convince anybody it wasn't a conspiracy, that someone didn't turn a blind eye and let him do it. At the very least, in terms of the, 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 a conspiracy, you have a guard saying, ooh, I'm looking over here, or knowing it was happening. I was shocked when I saw a bunch of journalists NBC reporters, Huffington Post being like, no way, no way. How does this happen? This is a scandal. Um, look, I don't, I don't want to, I, I, like, I, I really, really don't like entertaining conspiracy theories, but I've got to say, man, how do you convince a regular person that the simple solution is this guy wanted to end his own life when he was on suicide watch? Even if he did, which is, I believe in the first circumstance, Absolutely. How did he do it while on suicide watch? 
especially when the meme going around was, was, was about Clinton and people around the Clintons dying. You, congratulations. At, at the very, very least, the people who work in Manhattan, who, have, who, who should, in my opinion, should be criminally negligent and held accountable for this, you have just exacerbated the conspiracy beyond, beyond like for the average person, beyond a reasonable doubt. No, no, no. For sure. And I mean that. I'm not one to believe that, but I'll say this. You've got a guy who can bring down powerful people and everyone is saying, when will he suicide himself? When will he be suicided? I'll make one more point though, because you know, I, I'm not going to rant on this. If you're rich and powerful and you're holding secrets of other powerful people and, and you're trafficking, you know, minors, and then you get arrested, technically I would say you've committed suicide because how many of those people have the ability to, 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 to end you? It's not about the Clintons. It's not about any, you know, any one person. It's about the fact that here's a guy who has a bunch of extremely wealthy people that may be about to go down who will stop at nothing to make sure they aren't in a cell next to him. So I don't know, man. Here's what's going to happen. I'm willing to bet it's going to say, yep, he just committed suicide. End of story. That's what the official said. We're going to take the official, uh, official statement from it. Great. Investigative journalist, dig into this one, because I think at this point, we either have the biggest scandal in the history of corrections that a guy on suicide watch who's in one of, involved in one of the biggest cases of our generation is, has successfully killed himself, or we do have a conspiracy. I got to say, while I lean towards it's obvious, like the dude, like there's, there's really good reason why this guy would want to end his life. We also need to consider that there is a potential simple solution in that I, I don't care for the Clinton conspiracy. I really don't. But how many billionaires were about to have their lives destroyed? So they're going to look. The simple solution at a certain point is when you have even 10 billionaires, how hard is it for them to go $200,000, turn around, let them do it at the very least? Or how $10 million end this guy, right? What is the simple solution at this point? I got to say how someone commits suicide on suicide watch and we all knew it was going to happen. What does that say? I, I, I kid you not. What does that say? Go to any journalist and say, do you think Epstein will survive trial? And they're going to tell you, no, of course not. And here we are. I don't know what that means, but I will stress one important point before I sign off. We don't have all the facts. We don't know all the details. We can't make assumptions about what, what is or isn't. And please, the conspiracy theories hurt investigative journalism. For now, the official report is he committed suicide. Great. That's what we have. That's the official report. And now it's up to investigative journalists to do their jobs and look for what happened. When you go and say it was the Clintons or ah, it was, you know, the Illuminati or whatever, whatever conspiracy you believe, you immediately shut down the prospect for a real conversation as to how this happened. I believe it's likely that we have a major scandal, but it's hard. It's like, I don't, I, I can't answer this question. I can't answer the question. How does someone commit suicide on suicide watch? I mean, it happens. You know, but why didn't they strip him naked, put him in an empty room? You can still bash your head in the wall. So I don't know. I really don't know, but I'll leave it there. This is nuts. This is nuts. Next segment will be at 1 p.m. I'll see you then.